Hey guys, I'm Tamara Melton. And I'm Deanna Bellany. We are the co-founders of Diversified Dietetics, a nonprofit community dedicated to increasing the racial and ethnic diversity in the field of nutrition and dietetics. Welcome to Feed Me the Facts. And welcome to season three of Feed Me the Facts. I'm Tamara Melton. So on this first episode of season three, we are sitting down with two of our faculty members of the Diversified Dietetics community who are working on a really exciting project. We can't wait to tell you more about that or have them tell you more about it. And this is also a great episode because I am joined by Deanna, which sometimes doesn't happen because our schedules don't match up a lot of times. So let's get right to it. Hi guys, welcome to Feed Me the Facts. And today's a really special day because Deanna is on as well. Hey. Hi Deanna. How's it going? Good. It's been a minute since we've been on a podcast episode together, so I'm excited about that. Same. Very excited. So the reason why we are together is that we have two very special guests to talk about a really exciting initiative, program, thing. I'm going to let them say what the, the actual word is that they use to describe this this really special um, work that they're doing. Um, so we have two faculty members of our diversified dietetics community with us today, Dr. Kate Burt and Dr. Shelley DiBiase. And I am going to let them introduce themselves. But first of all, ladies, thank you so much for taking the time to be on our podcast today. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. So I'll let you in the interest of time, we'll go ahead and jump right into it. And um, Kate, let's go ahead and start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you work, um, about your teaching, and, and all that good stuff about you and your background? Sure. So I'm an assistant professor at Lehman College, which is part of the City University of New York system. Um, I'm, Lehman is located in the Bronx, so I'm in New York City, but in the Bronx. Um, I teach courses around cultural competence and professional practice. And my research is not only this um, diversity and inclusion work, but also around school gardening and how to implement school gardens um, in a more effective way. I forgot about your Very school cool. gardens portion of your work, <laughs> Kate, because now that I'm working in K-12, we might need to have another conversation offline about something else. So. <laughs> That's very cool. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> so we'll definitely be able to do that too. So, um, and Dr. Shelley DiBiase. Thank you guys um, as well. I am the academic program director at Boston University Sargent College. We have both undergraduate and graduate programs in nutrition that I um, help to administer. And I am also an affiliated faculty member of our College in Arts and, of Arts and Sciences Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies program. Um, my research is focused on diversity and inclusion um, around both racial, ethnic, um, and also sex and gender minority um, equity. And um, recently doing that as it relates to the dietetics profession, which is why I'm speaking with you guys. Wonderful. Thank you both so much for, first of all, reaching out to us 
um, in your own way when we started Diversified Dietetics because we both met you through you um, taking the initiative to reach out and say, hey, we see what you're doing. We support what, we do, what you're doing. We have work that we're doing that aligns with what you're doing as allies. And that is really what makes our community so unique, I think, is that we are able to create this, these connections to academics like yourself who are working in the space, but everybody was kind of doing their own work in diversity and inclusion, I think. And um, Diversify has created this hub that we can all come together. So thank you both, Kate and Shelly, for reaching out in the past month so that we can um, connect with you and, and do some other work with you. Yeah, well, also thank you guys because it's through you that Kate and I actually met, so. Oh. Well, nice. there you go. I love, that. love that. We are kind <laughs> of low-key matchmakers. <laughs> Throughout this work, well, people will tell us we've met through Diversify, mm -hmm. so we feel like we are the Diversified Dietetics matchmaking hub as well. So, so that's great. <laughs> Deanna, I will let you take it away with your question now. Yeah. So your vantage point as white dietitians, but also as educators and educators working specifically in this diversity and inclusion space, um, I think is really unique um, in the DD community. Can you guys talk about what um, the barriers that you have observed or experienced in our profession that stunted its diversity from your perspective? I, mm. I'll start, Shelley. Um, mm. I think at least, from my perspective, one of the main barriers is that we're not talking about how ingrained racism is in our society and or or in our profession, really. Um, and until we're talking about that and kind of critically examining each of the ways that it affects people of color in dietetics or in society more broadly, we can't really become a diverse or inclusive profession. Uh, while I applaud the Academy's efforts, of course, there's still a, dis a power disparity and white people hold the power, specifically white women in dietetics. And until the leadership is really ready to acknowledge and share that power, I fear that we're, the work that we're all doing is going to be a little bit stifled. So I think probably for me, that's, that's one of the biggest barriers. Yeah, I, I agree with, with what um, Kate is saying. Interestingly, I was giving a, t a talk over at uh, one of the area dietetic internships yesterday and um, it's it, it, it's amazing how um, very little it seems students that are up and coming in dietetics, but I think the profession as a whole doesn't really understand our history in terms of dietetics really being established by white um, upper class and um, upper middle class uh, women through the home ex profession. And it, it seems that dietetics in our history has started out already with uh, a structure that favors white women, um, but that structure has continued through to today. Uh, and that's part, of, I think, of what Kate is referring to um, as it relates to the, the structures that are in place and, and how those structures need to really be critically looked at and um, dismantled in many ways. Yeah, I, I love I, that. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No, I was just to to Shelley's point. You know, the the ease with which I moved into and I moved through the profession as a white woman just became more and more obvious to me as I gained a better understanding of how systemic racism truly works to kind of 
perpetuate a white normative culture. And our profession still very much operates in that framework. It's how we develop dietary guidelines. It's how we conduct nutrition education, how we uh, provide care for clients and patients. And we're not doing a great job of caring for people. We're not seeing reductions in health disparities, and we're not seeing an increase in the diversity in our profession. So it started a long time ago, but it's perpetuated because these systems are still in place. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think the historical context is, is so important and something that I don't think gets talked about nearly as much as, as it needs to, whether you know it's consciously or unconsciously that we don't bring it up more often. Um, and I'm curious at what you all say when um, people who are just inquiring more about this perspective, when, um, what do you say to those that talk about, you know, why are you just focusing on race when our field lacks diversity in so many other ways? Because I think that's a question that we get a lot and I would be curious from your perspective as, as white educators and um, from the initiative that we'll talk about in a little bit, but um, how, how you talk about that topic. Yeah, I, I don't see myself necessarily focusing exclusively on race, ethnicity, diversity in terms of race, ethnicity. I'm actually in the process of um, submitting to our IRB uh, a research project where I'm going to look at um, gender and um, sexual orientation, minority, uh, student and intern and professionals experience in dietetics. Um, because I have heard anecdotally from um, particularly lesbian um, students and interns um, that th unfortunately their experience going through programs has been, uh, and I can't think of any other way word right now than traumatic, uh, and how our profession is not even collecting data on gender nine, um, on folks who might be gender non-binary or who might identify as lesbian or gay and how that is also um, very prob problematic in terms of our profession and how we are interfacing with these folks. So I, I, I've got my hands in all, all kinds of things yeah. um, that I, I really think the profession needs to be um, needs to really start looking at critically. I, I absolutely agree that we need to um, collect better, better data and we need to look at um, inclusion across different demographic groups. I think for me, um, I was particularly motivated um, as the Black Lives Matter momentum kind of gained traction. And I followed that conversation for for many years, probably starting in 2015, when it really kind of became a topic of conversation on social media. Um, and then, you know, when, when the detective in Eric Garner's case wasn't indicted and Freddie Gray died and then Sandra Bland died, I became pregnant with my first child then. And then the injustice of it all really hit me hard. I have never and will never have to worry about my children and their interactions with police. They're not going to be victims of stop and frisk. And more than that, they're going to move through life with relative ease. So I think just for me, it was more of a personal connection to this issue that, that moved me. Um, I didn't, I felt very much that I could at least 
support people and become part of the solution rather than stay silent and be part of the problem. Amazing. Um, so speaking of the solution, can you tell us a little bit more about your um, initiative and why you're embarking on this journey? Kate, do you want to talk about how, how this got started? Because I think you were really the one that um, had the brain uh, brainstorm this idea and, and wanted to move it forward. Sure. So I think, I mean, Shelly and I feel very similarly about this. Um, we did this because we seek to support the women, and, and not just women. I mean, dietetics is mostly women, but people um, like yourselves and others who are already doing this work and have been trying to do this work for a very long time. Um, and, you know, we're hoping to use our position as white women and researchers to increase awareness about the ways in which racism affects our profession. We wanted to start these conversations about diversity and inclusion in a public forum, which is why we chose Facebook. And mm -hmm. it's really because we feel like we can't succeed as a profession until um, we we start this conversation. And as white women, we're in an advantageous position to do that. We're privileged. We're not going to be accused of, um, you know, being the angry black woman or the loud Latina. So we need to leverage that privilege. And this campaign seemed like a good first step. And yeah, do you I mind? Agree. Yeah, and I was gonna say, if you don't mind, if we could take a step back and kind of mm -hmm. talk about what the initiative is and what it entails. Um, we've seen, Deanna and I have seen a preview of it, um, are very excited about it and, and what's kind of a, a being able to observe it. Um, and, and I think you made an excellent point, Kate, you and I have, t and I have talked about this, um, Jelly too, about how if, if let's say if um, this sort of initiative that you've created and will describe came from specifically either one of us, you know, or our organization might come across as, as angry black woman um, talking about it or, or you know, being um, unrighteously upset or something like that. So can you um, walk the, the listeners through what exactly this initiative is and the components of it? Sure, I can um, start in case if I am not uh, fully giving it justice, please jump in. Um, so the idea was to uh, create a Facebook group that would invite everyone who has an interest in um, or is working in or studying dietetics uh, to be a place where we as the um, group leaders or, or moderators, I should also mention probably Dubeda Kumar, who is um, a researcher in San Francisco that um, Kate has, I think you've done some work with her, right, Kate, prior to this? I have. She and I know each other just from um, meeting at conferences through um, the Society for Nutrition, Education, and Behavior. Ah, good. Okay. So there's the link there. Um, so she's also been involved in, um, in this project. Uh, but what we have developed is a series of, um, I guess, informative educational posts about not only the current state of um, or lack thereof diversity and inclusion in dietetics, but also um, hopefully informational posts that will um, speak directly to the white major majority um, in dietetics and the privilege that uh, we hold and get people to think a little more critically about those um, sometimes uncomfortable to think about.
topics and um, use that level of discomfort to get involved in, in trying to help um, break down some of the, the structures that are in place to maintain the white um, female majority in the dietetics profession. So this is um, a social media uh, focused initiative. Um, and one thing that you have that's, that I think is really interesting is the, the research component to it. And why did you decide to not just focus in on, okay, let's, it's, it's already a lot of work to do anything on social media, we've discovered. <laughs> we are heavily on social media <laughs> with Diversified Dietetics. Um, though you are um, very well organized with this initiative that you have going on, um, which probably is, is a very important with it, which is very important with it being as part of a research study. Why did you decide to make it not just a social media initiative, but to go that extra step of actually making this a research project? I think it's important because we want to publish these results, um, mostly because publishing is a way to give vis visibility to an issue um, that attaches data to it. And I think that in order to gain kind of the attention of people in power, be it the academy's leadership or um, the majority of its members, we need to start kind of, quote unquote, gathering the evidence to establish that this is a problem and that it's real and that it's not going away. And gathering evidence and making that public is a first step to identify the problem. And then publishing also can um, is a way to share that information with other people. Um, so we can make our data public, we can make the campaign public. Um, and we, it, so, so publishing, researching and publishing is important to just attach some numbers and to raise visibility, to make a, an evidence-based argument for lack of a better term. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it is, I um, guess in many ways, we're operating within the norms of society where this is sort of paternalistic, you know, this is how we decide where problems are and what needs to be done. Um, so we're, we are operating within that norm in order to help disseminate the information that we learn. And there's, there's been research done already in this area, you can say, um, if, albeit not that much, let's just be frank about it, and not that complete. And I think that that's one of the, the points that even when we look at um, different eating patterns, and I, I'm really, I'm not to give anything away, no spoiler alerts of what you're going to be discussing in, in this initiative in inclusive dietetics, um, but even when we look at what's seen as the healthiest eating patterns right now is because of the research right. that's done around it, right? So research right. is what creates evidence-based practice and having going that extra step, I think, um, is what I'm so excited about with your initiative is that you're creating something that then can be documented, can be published, and then it's there. It happened, it's real, and then other researchers can keep going forward because the great thing about research is that you answer some questions, but then a thousand other questions come out of it from that work. So that's what I find yeah. to be very exciting. That's exactly yeah. the, the take tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we wholeheartedly agree. Obviously, we don't want to and could never do this work by ourselves. So unless we share what we've done so that other people can build and run with it, then um, 
I don't, I don't know that we'd be able to move the conversation forward. So for those that are um, a part of the Facebook group and are wanting to interact, um, I think I'm really interested to see where the conversations go within that Facebook group and the different posts that you um, all have scheduled. Um, one of the books that we gave in our first educators workshop that um, I'm, I've finally do dove into and started reading is Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria um, by Dr. Beverly Tatum, I think is her name. Um, and there's a really interesting part that I've gotten to recently that talks about when we think about our identity, sometimes what's a part of the majority, like we don't, um, necessarily recognize it. So there was an activity that she did where um, she asked people to write down characteristics that described them um, and found that, you know, those that identified as white wouldn't describe themselves as white, but there were other things that they would use to describe them versus um, individuals that identified as part of a, a minority group, like that's something that they would include, um, which I think is interesting. So as it relates mm -hmm. to inclusive dietetics and people engaging um, particularly white people engaging if this is their first time kind of confronting some of these topics or confronting maybe their privilege or confronting that they are the majority and the historical and systemic reasons that they are and, and how that's benefited them in this career. Do you have any recommendations for how to best engage in this platform in like effective ways where there's learning, but there's also kind of, you know, challenging what maybe might have been um, uh, you know, where they were comfortable before, but might be challenging some of these ideas that, that will be brought up? I think that's I a think great the first uh, point. <laughs> I, no, I was just going to say, it's a great point, and it's one that, um, I mean, just even in, in some recent email exchanges that um, Kate and I have had over posts, some of the early posts before, while we're recruiting and still, you know, waiting to kind of get into the meat of things is, you know, how, how do we do that? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if we have a formula for it <laughs> other than to be, uh, you've just got to be, what would be the word? We think of mindful eating. You've just got to be mindful. I don't know. I agree. And it. It, yeah, I would also add to that, that, I think a really important part of it is sitting in the discomfort of, mm -hmm. uh, for white women at least, is to sit in the discomfort of that and to really, to really reflect on that. Of course, you know, part of it is um, listening and hearing the experiences of people of color, but also, you know, reflecting on your own experiences. And um, the more that you sit in that discomfort and the more that you reflect on that, I think the more easy it is to see um, how one has benefited from from privilege. Yep. Yeah, I think what you've said, Kate, on a few occasions in this one conversation is the ease with which you've moved through the profession. I think that is so, I've not ever heard that said before because we focus on it from this perspective of how difficult it is for us as people of color to move through the profession. And I think one of the, um, if nothing else, even if you, hopefully people will engage and they'll actually participate in the, the formal part of your study, but if they're even reading um, what are the posts that you put up, I think that will shine a mirror to the ease with which they have been able to achieve their education and career goals in this profession. Yep. 
Um, it's it's yep. kind of stark where you where you look at it and you think, oh, and I've had people say that on several occasions. Oh, I never even thought about that being an issue. Oh, having to worry about my hair in an internship has never right. been something I thought about. Yeah, that's because of the ease that you have with which you move through it. So I think that's something we'll probably borrow that phrase. <laughs> that's okay, Kate. Um, going <laughs> Please forward, do. I'm, I, I'm sure I can't even take credit for it. I am absolutely sure I read it somewhere and I wish that I could give credit to the author, but I, I'm sure I didn't even create that. <laughs> <laughs> so one more thing I, I have a question on. I, in our work with Diversify, I've been so impressed um, at just kind of the um, motivation and the advocacy of students that we work with in this work. Um, how do mm. you see students playing a role in um, the initiative and the Facebook group um, in just, yeah, inclusive dietetics um, over these next few weeks? First, I guess I want to... Oh, go ahead, Shelly. You have a clarifying I was just question. Gonna ask, uh, uh, Deanna, are you referring to um, students who might be helping with the research or those that might be post actually participating and posting? Those that actually might be participating and posting, and maybe it's just like my bias of who I think would be in this group would primarily maybe be educators and professionals, um, but of course would uh, love for students to participate in it as well. And um, just wondering yeah. your thoughts on that and, and how you, yeah, how you see them playing in, in particular. Well, I, I just can uh, um, comment briefly. And again, I'm going back to this um, talk that I gave on a related um, topic to some interns at um, Brigham and Women's Hospital. But it, I see the students and the newbies to the profession as really holding the, um, some of the, the key to how things unfold and how um, diversity and inclusion improve in dietetics. Um, I don't know. I just think that they're the, the let's just say they're the, the folks that I have <laughs> pinned my hopes on. <laughs> as I um, go through and do this work and also, you know, sort of reflect on my, um, my career up to this point. And, and um, yeah, so I think that they're, I have a lot of hope for them. I agree. I also think that diversified dietetics has helped at least some of my students and um, some people that I've talked to feel more empowered and, I suspect that's different than in older generations where these conversations weren't being had so publicly um, or with so much support and people didn't feel as empowered as di dietetic students do with your help and with some of the broader social conversations happening. So I think that they are, you know, the, the future of the profession who can change its course if they choose to. So that's really important, and I hope that we can capitalize on that power together and support those, all of those students who want to focus on this work and, um, and, and change the dynamic in the profession. That's all really exciting, I have to say. I, I have to agree with you, Kate, um, that since we formed the nonprofit in this community, it has given students who were silenced or ignored mm. a voice and a platform. And that is the part of this community that I love the most. Hands down, there's a lot of it that 
I know I think that we both love, but that part of it that you can see virtually or physically when we're with them in rooms, their eyes light up and you can see that they feel empowered and just really happy that someone is giving them a chance to let their voice be heard. Um, and I think that the work that you're doing is focused in a different direction. And, and this is not work, I've, I've spoken about it before, that we can't do this work being uh, black women, right? We, we, this is just not work that, and we shouldn't have to do the work, honestly, um, the type of work that, we, that you're doing. So it's great that you are leading the charge and doing this type of work, but it all comes back to when the students see this, it helps them to feel like this might be a profession that I actually can hang on to and stick with. Um, because I have people who are in my corner who hear and know what I'm dealing with, and they're helping to take care of me, basically, is what I, I see yeah, all I, this work is. And I've seen that at you guys, uh, you know, if the one event that I went to uh, where Deanna was um, speaking, and I agree, you cannot put a price tag or uh, uh, quantify in any way the importance of the community gathering and the mutual support um, and just listening and, and sharing stories. I think it's, it's been, it's just done tremendous things. Um, you can just tell from the stories that um, even just that one meeting that I attended that you guys have, that it's super important and it's doing some great things. So that's wonderful. Well, thank you for the work that you're doing. I want to end on this last note. I always like to know when, when I'm always excited to see, I think we both are, Dan and I are excited to see new projects and initiatives. Um, both of our partners are entrepreneurial business guys. So <laughs> this is a world that we, that we live in. <laughs> so when someone starts something brand new, an initiative, it's something that we get very excited about. I'm curious to know from both you, Kate and Shelley, what are your goals of this project, both the immediate goals and then what's your vision and your hope for the long term that this this initiative, um, what it brings about in the future? <laughs> what a big question. Um, mm. I think for, for me, um, for me, creating the group inclusive dietetics and beginning with this very introductory campaign. And really this is just, I think Shelly and I both feel like this is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, we hope that it just engages people in discussion in reflection and brings everybody together in a way that hasn't yet been done in dietetics specifically. Gaining momentum for change is obviously going to take a while and we don't expect to you know, solve all of our problems with this campaign, but we have to start somewhere. So my hope is that when the campaign's complete, then members of the group understand some of the terms used in this conversation, how it applies mm. to dietetics, and how it applies to themselves. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, if we can even open up people's eyes to the fact that, that there are these uh, structural, um, programmatic um, barriers in place to racial, ethnic diversity and dietetics. Um, and just get them thinking, starting to think about it, I think we've, we've done a lot. I, you know, it's unfortunate, but there's, a, um, and I, my own 
story similarly until it's shown to you, unfortunately, as a, as a white woman in dietetics, until someone actually says, hey, <laughs> it's almost like, well, it's never been a problem for me, so why do I need to, you know, think about that? And that's just a big problem. <laughs> so the hope is that at least getting white, particularly white uh, dietetics students and interns and professionals in, engaged in this so there is actual understanding of, of what's going on here. Um, I think as Kate has said, it's, you know, it's a, it's a first step, but it's a very important first step. Yeah. And, and I, I would definitely also add, you know, we want to motivate people to take action. That's part of why yeah. we're doing this also. It's, it's not just information, but it's, it's hopefully leading to action. Um, while this, I think the, the campaign that we've developed is really more about disseminating information, we do want to move people to take action in this area. And we're going to discuss some of the ways that they can throughout the campaign. Yep. But again, this, the end of the campaign is the end of the work that we need to do in this area. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting. Um, we're really excited um, to see this launch, this campaign launch, and we know that the conversations it's going to bring about are going to be excellent. Um, it's happening right before our uh, state affiliate meeting season, which I think is going to be excellent. So expect that there's going to be a buzz about inclusive dietetics at all these different state affiliate meetings, which I'm really excited about. Absolutely. Um, so thank you both, Dr. Burt, Dr. DiBiase for the work that you're doing. And thank you so much again for reaching out to us and for the time that you took today to tell us more about your inclusive dietetics campaign. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you, you for having you us. Guys for, for all the work that you're doing as well. It's, um, it's great to have a partnership with you all. Can I also share information for how people can join the group? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> great. Um, so everybody can search Facebook for hashtag inclusive dietetics. And then it's really important that everybody completes the survey to consent to participate because this is a research study. We can't admit anybody to the group unless they complete that survey. Um, once they do that, they can go in and request to join with a member questions, confirm that they've completed the survey. And when we see that survey, we will admit people to the group. Yes, I um, tried to get into the group yesterday and I haven't completed the survey. <laughs> so I haven't been letting yet. So I will confirm that I'm going to complete that survey ASAP. That is the only way that you're going to get in that group. But please do. It's not long or, or no blood is taken or anything. It's online. So um, please do take the time. It's very low risk. Um, and you're really helping out, as we mentioned, to help to get research started in this area, really strong research. So please do go that extra effort. And we will have all the links in our show notes um, to all these different um, areas that Kate has spoken about and um, also some, some extra resources that, that point to this, um, including a podcast that Kate actually recorded around this time last year for Diversified Dietetics um, that still is a really excellent podcast for educators to, to watch as well. So thank you ladies so much for your time today. Awesome. Thank, thank you. you both. So I mentioned at the end of that episode that Kate had been on our podcast and then I said, you can watch it. It actually was a webinar. So I will put the link up to the webinar in our show notes. And it was really a great webinar for educators 
um, who are interested in learning more about how they can support diverse students. We have a lot more resources for educators, including an educator's workshop. If that's something that you're interested in, please do contact us through our website if you're an educator who is interested in learning how to recruit, retain, and to attract and keep students of color in your dietetics programs and your healthcare programs if you work in another allied health profession. Also in the show notes for this episode, you can find a link to the Inclusive Dietetics Facebook group and much more information about Drs. Burt and DiBiase. I want to send out a special thank you to all of our donors who supported us in last fall's Fund the Future campaign. This was our first large-scale campaign like that. And thanks to your donations, we are able to offer some really great programming coming up this year. Our goal was to reach $50,000, and we didn't quite make it to that goal. So this is a very shameless plug to ask that if you have not donated, or even if you did, to still consider donating to the Diversified Dietetics community. There are some programming that we would love to put on this year for the Diversified Dietetics community, and all of that programming is made possible by your donations. You can find out more about us on Instagram and Facebook. We are at Diversified Dietetics, and our website is diversifieddietetics.org. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope you have a great day. Bye. Bye.